You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Knock Another Wrestling Podcast. Wow. All I gotta say is that I caught up on AEW Dynamite. And I think it's safe to say, at least what I think, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa was the best match in AEW's, best women's match in AEW's history. My girl, Britt Baker. Finally getting some fucking uh, just I'm just so happy. I'm I'm just so happy. I've been a big fan of Brit for a long time and it's it's just so nice to see her shine in this moment and Jesus Christ, these two beat the shit out of each other. We'll get more into the match in a little bit. You know, we're gonna go over a few things that happened on Dynamite. Um, you know, you know, is you know, things going on with uh, Omega and the Bucks and the Good Brothers. You know, Darby Allen has brought back the TNT Championship Open Challenge. Um, is Brian Cage leaving Team Taz and uh, MJF's faction now being called the Pinnacle? And a very fitting name. We're also going to go over a few news stories that happened this week. Uh, we have another inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame that was announced as of today in this recording. And we'll be going over Fastlane predictions at the end of this episode. So let's just get into the AEW here. Start off with the best stuff here. So first of all, like I said, Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa had the best match, best women's match in AEW's history. There is no fucking question about it. They had the best match. You know, it starts off with, you know, Rebel getting involved and she hits Thunder Rosa with a crutch. You know, it's kind of a numbers game advantage for for Britt Baker. Um, You know, they bring out the table, uh, which later Rebel will go uh, take the spot in later on. They bring in all these all these chairs into the ring. You know they're getting they're getting thrown onto the chairs. You know Thunder Rosa at one point does a of a Death Valley Death Valley Driver on the on the ladder to Britt Baker. You know and Britt Baker just getting hit in the head with when she took that ladder shot. Like that bloody image of her was just incredible. You know, we've had the one bloody shot of her from, you know, from her mouth, but now from the head, like, Britt Baker is a total badass. She is such a badass, and she, both these women took a hell of a beating in this match, and this is how you treat your women's division. This is how you do a payoff to a TV feud that's been going on for however, however many months now. Rosa and Baker... Main event of the show. They go to lights out on sanctioned match. And like, oh, this is not part of the show. But really, they main event of the show. That's what it is. They main event of the show. They had this brutal hardcore match. This unsanctioned match. And it's was my favorite thing about the entire show. The show just kept progressively getting better and better with everything else going on. But this was just a great episode, man. You know? It was St. Patrick's Day Massacre, I believe it was. It was and it was, just, it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, you know? And after... I, I, after seeing this, I'm just like, Britt Baker <clears throat> needs to be AEW Women's Champion. I, I have ranted about that on and on and on for, for just forever. But it needs to come into reality now. 
I know because Rosa won, she's probably going to be next in line for an AEW Women's Championship match against Hikaru Shida. But um, <clears throat> we, we really got to see Baker get the title because I think it's long overdue. I think she should be the one to beat Sheeta. And I've said it before. She should be the one to beat Sheeta. And she should go on a long reign as a heel champion. And I really think she could change things up in the women's division. Her or Thunder Rosa as well. I mean, Rosa, if she, I, I, I just think it's time to change, to take the title off of Sheeta. You know, I think she's done the best she could with with her with her title run. But now it's just time for someone else to come in and swoop in. And I think that person should be Britt Baker. Um, you know, for any of you who haven't seen the match, you know, you really, really need to go watch it. I, it, it is the best AEW women's match in the company's history. And that is saying something. It was absolutely the best women's match I have seen from AEW. And one of the best women's matches I've seen in a while, I think. Definitely a while. Um, probably not since Io Shirai and Candice LeRae. Um... This is the first big match I've seen that was really, really amazing from an outside perspective of WWE and NXT, for that is. Um, but we'll go into a little more of what happened in AEW. Uh, you know, the the show opened up with Cody Rhodes versus uh, Pentagon Jr. And this is a fun match. Uh, the finish, I think, was a little wonky, you know, Cody winning with that roll-up. But then Penta going in and getting his heat back and attacking attacking Cody. And then the, the Nightmare family comes in. But then QT Marshall is coming in, taking his time with, you know, they're like, oh, where were you? He's like, oh, I was coming. Are you okay, Cody? I don't know. I'm not really interested in, in like, this whole QT Marshall heel turn. I don't know. I, I, I mean, if it works, it works. Uh, we'll just have to see it play out. But right now, I'm not really too interested. I am interested more in seeing Cody and Penta go at it because their match was really, really good. Um, I wouldn't mind if they, they feud all the way to double or nothing. Um Christian Cage uh, said that he's here to outwork everybody. Uh, that he, everyone says, you know, he like, he is the wor- the workhorse. He is the workhorse of professional wrestling, and he has his sights on Kenny Omega. Um, I think I had said in last week's episode that you know I wouldn't mind if I saw Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega as the pay per view match for Double or Nothing, and I still, <clears throat> I still don't mind that. But if it's a TV feud, that would kind of make a little more sense, I guess. Considering, you know, Double or Nothing is in May and we still have like about two months to get there. So for me, I wouldn't mind it, but it looks like it's going to be more of a TV feud than it is a pay-per-view pay-per-view feud. Because from what I see, we probably could get Kenny Omega versus Eddie Kingston, which I would really, really love to see. I would love to see that. You know, John Moxley and Eddie Kingston are back together as friends. They had a pretty good match with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows on this week's Dynamite. And after the match, um, you know, Gallows and Anderson came in, started beating up on Moxley and, and Kingston. They started, like, you know, uh, they put a, a, a chair in between Kingston's ankles. They uh, they tried to break Moxley's neck by putting the chair between his, his neck and on his chest. And the Bucks came out and they're telling, like, yo, you got to stop this. You got, what are you doing? What are you doing? Earlier in the night, Don Callis, you know, he's like, uh, <laughs> he gave the Young Bucks t-shirts. Like, oh, I heard your dad was in the hospital. You know, I heard you guys didn't do anything about it. But here, here's a t-shirt for him. Hope he's doing okay. And then it says, don't forget to, this is no no leg slapping allowed. And the Bucks look pissed <laughs> because that's the another, that's the story from that apparently Vince McMahon uh, has banned leg slapping from super kicks. And uh, that's, that's just a thing where he just, suddenly sees something and he bans it because he just doesn't like it even though that's 
that's the thing for for just pretty much all of pro wrestling history. You slap the leg when you hit a super kick. But Vince McMahon's fucking crazy. So what do you, what can you do? Um, there's some infighting between Kenny, the Bucks, uh, and uh, Omega. Uh, sorry, uh, Gallows and Anderson. They're trying to throw up the two sweep, but the Bucks are like, no, 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 they're not doing this. And then they're trying to leave. And then as Matt is leaving, he grabs Nick and then pushes him. And then he's throwing up the two sweeps. Like this is what it's all about. Come on, this is what it's all about. And Matt and Nick are just reluctant. They're just like, no. This, this is not what we want to do, and they just kind of they kind of leave, you know. Whether they want to or not, you know, Don Callis has driven a wedge between the the Bucks and um, and Kenny Omega, you know. I still am very much interested in this story. I don't want to see Moxley versus Omega again for the title, because again we have seen it three times, you know. Well, not. I mean, we've seen them wrestle three times. I don't want to see another match between them for at least not for a long time because we've already seen, we've just had two recent world title matches between them, you know. So I really just want to move on to something else. And it, like I said, Christian Cage appears to be the next challenger for Omega's title, and I would hope that maybe we could get Eddie Kingston versus uh, Kenny Omega. I'll move on to the another thing I really want to spend some time on is um, MJS New Faction has a name. They are called the Pinnacle. You know, Tully Blanchard saying, you know, every single one of these guys are top guys in the professional wrestling business. And when you reach the top of the mountain, there's nowhere else but the Pinnacle. And you are looking at, and MJS says, you are looking at the Pinnacle. Putting over every single guy, going over to Wardlow, saying the, the best big man in professional wrestling, the best insurance policy in pro wrestling, and that is Wardlow. He goes over to FTO. He goes. Uh, he goes over to uh, Sean Spears. You know, so the the chairman, Sean Spears. He is. You know, the, I I love that th- that this this faction has re-legitimized Sean Spears because you know he came in really hot with with Tully Blanchard as his manager, and when he lost to Cody, it was just kind of all downhill. But now I'm just like, thank God. Because, you know, MJF even said in a promo, like, he has been underutilized for far too long, and you are going to see just how damn good he really is. Because he is a wrestler's wrestler. He's a veteran's veteran, and he will not be held down any longer. And I love that. You know, Spears definitely being the mid-carder of the group. And not to say that's a bad thing, but, you know, if, you know, they all claim that they want to have championships. Well, the only ones to go, I mean, really, it's going to be... MJF go after the world title and FTR go after the tag titles and Sean Spears going after the TNT title. I mean, I don't think Wardlow's going to go after the FTW championship. I mean, that's barely a thing. I don't even think Brian Cage comes out with a title anymore. I think it's kind of just like, ah, you know, it's eh, it's, it's 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 gone. Um, but, you know, MJF saying, the, you know, putting over FTR as, as the best tag team on God's green earth. And MJF finally going to him himself you know he said things in this promo how like you know six months he had to he had to pretend that he liked the inner circle that he liked chris jericho that he had to deal with his the chris jericho song and dance bullshit you know for months and stomach that and you know I, i said it last week that you know we we didn't expect this to happen we didn't expect you know mjf to have this faction to have this whole you know, 
thing where and he's like and if and like for several months I believe I'm I made everybody believe that I was going to take over the inner circle. I had a much bigger plan in mind. You know, he's like I wanted to see how they operated. I wanted to see how they worked so I can do have my own faction. You are looking at the pinnacle of professional wrestling. And you know, he ends off the promo with you like, oh, Chris, you know, and Scrooge uh, screams, I'm better than you, and you know it. So I'm excited to see where things are going to go with this feud. Now we have a faction to face off against the Inner Circle. You know, the Inner Circle seemed like the, the big faction in AEW because the elite are pretty much no more. You know, Cody's off doing his own thing. Hangman's off doing his own thing. The elite, you know, it's still kind of the Bucks and Kenny and, and you know, and then you have Anderson and Gallows and everything, but, you know, everybody's off doing their own thing. And you need, I think you need the inner circle to be baby faces at this point, and we need a new top heel faction. And the inner circle are over enough that, they can, it's it's just time for a change, you know? It's time for a change, you know? They're the babyface faction, you know? I, I know we have Dark Order, but, like, but Inner Circle is the top babyface faction. And now we need the Pinnacle to be that new top heel faction to lead AEW into the, into the future. And I, <laughs> I'm trying to think as to when they, when they actually will put the titles on them. And... I'm thinking the way I see it, Hangman Page is definitely going to take the title off of Kenny Omega. And I think when Hangman Page wins the title and he goes on to the title reign, MJF will be the one to defeat Hangman Adam Page. You heard it here. You heard it here on this podcast, on the date of the release of this podcast, March 19th, Friday, whatever time you're listening to, 2021. Hangman Page, as I've said, he'll beat Kenny Omega for the title. But MJF will beat Hangman Adam Page. Mark my damn words. If you don't believe me, well, we'll have to see what happens. Anyway. So, another thing that happened on uh, on AEW is that Tony Schiavone interviewed Sting and Darby Allin. Oh, like we haven't fucking seen this before. Um, I'm just glad that this had, I mean, I mean, it had people interrupting, but it had different people, you know, Lance, Lance Archer is definitely inserting himself into a few with Sting and or Darby Allen and, you know, team Taz come out and then Taz is trying to cut, talk, cut a promo with Brian, Brian Cage goes like, no Taz, I want to talk to myself. And then pretty much puts Sting over and respects him and says, you know, like, you know, you are an icon. And then. And then everybody in Team Taz is getting so pissed off. Ricky Starks, Hook, Taz, uh, you know, Will Hobbs. Everyone's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then, and then Brian Cage just pushes them out of the way. So is this a potential babyface turn for Brian Cage? Is this Brian Cage leaving Team Taz? And I wouldn't mind that, honestly. I really would not mind if Brian Cage leaves Team Taz because I think he should go on and do bigger and better things. He's been aligned with Taz since you know uh, for almost a year now. In May he he would have uh, he would have debuted in AEW and Taz would be his manager. But you still have Will Hobbs. You still have Ricky Starks. I think 
Brian Cage is suitable enough to talk on the mic for himself. Obviously, he can cut a decent promo. But I think, you know, Brian Cage needs to move on and do something better, bigger and better, you know? Like, I can see Brian Cage being a potential challenger for Kenny Omega for the world title. Or I could see him being a potential challenger against Hangman Page when he's uh, going for the championship or something. If, when Hangman Page, Hangman Page is the champion, you know? Um, I would just prefer Brian Cage to leave Team Taz and just go on a new uh, babyface run. Um, and, yeah, I pretty much kind of go in, went over everything with AEW that I really enjoyed, that I really liked. Um, I'm Also, I'm loving, you know, the Scorpio Sky heel turn. You know, that's something really good is that I think something AEW is doing really well is that when something is kind of getting stale, or at least it's about to get stale, it feels like it's going to get stale, they know what they're doing. They know that it's time to change things, you know, and the whole Team Taz thing with Sting and Darby Allen is getting, it was getting stale before the pay-per-view. It got stale, way, way stale. Um, but now, Brian Cage kind of turning babyface intrigues me at least it looks like he is scorpio sky turning heel that really intrigues me considering scorpio sky is a really really great wrestler and he hasn't really been shown he hasn't really done much in a while now i really want to see uh, him be a real proper dickhead a real really you know just heal it up on aew you know everybody's kind of everybody's kind of go, go through character changes you know and you know eddie kingston is uh is has turned baby face you know all these turns are happening, and you know the roster's kind of reshaping, and that's what you need to do. You you need to make your guys and girls feel really important to the point where it was like, ah, well, you know, Brian Cage is doing the same thing over and over again. Scorpio Sky is doing the same thing. You know, you don't want that because that's what we as wrestling fans say about a lot of wrestlers in WWE. Unfortunately, you know, and that's not to the fault of any of them. You know, so most of the time is their it's the booking. Because the majority of it is, is the booking, you know? General Kenobi. Sorry, my phone went off. Yes, my, my text tone is Ewan McGregor and Revenge of the Sith as Obi-Wan Kenobi going, hello there. Yes, that is my text tone. I'm a massive, massive Star Wars fan, as you know. Oh, you didn't? You didn't know that. Well, now you do. And in fact, if you want to check out a different podcast that I have now, I'm going to be talking about Star Wars talking about marvel a lot of pop culture stuff not on here though no not on here here we're gonna stick with the wrestling i have a new podcast called fan speculation i am joined by one of my best friends my buddy Vinny carini and every week we're gonna be bringing you all this great content we're gonna be going we went over wandavision what do we think is gonna happen in falcon winter soldier coming up this week um, we talk about Sebastian Stan potentially playing young Luke Skywalker. We that episode had just dropped yesterday. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on uh, Red Circle. Um, the it's going to take some time for it to go up on other on other podcast platforms. But right now, keep your eye on it. We're going to have social media coming up very soon. We're going to have all these things going up. Uh, we were recently joined by former guest Joe Stanziali, and we just. Shot the shit for a while, and we just talked about Marvel. We talked about WandaVision, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, for now, it's on Spotify, and you can search them by typing in fan speculation. You got to do a bit of digging, but it's there. You'll find it under artist CJ Palmisano. That is me. <laughs> and, yeah, it's just a fun time, man, talking about Marvel, talking about uh, Star Wars. It's a great, great time. So if you enjoy that shit, definitely go check it out over there. Anyway, 
back to pro wrestling. So there are a few things that have happened in the news of pro wrestling. One of them in particular, as of today of this recording, is that Eric Bischoff has been announced that he has been, well, not, well, he didn't announce, but the WWE announced that uh, Eric Bischoff will be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. And you know what? Um, that's that's great because Bischoff is definitely one of the biggest names in professional wrestling, you know, one of the most uh, controversial figures on TV and booking. Um, and he's going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. And I say good for him, good for Eric. I mean, WWE, WWE have inducted other WCW things, wrestlers, properties, factions in the Hall of Fame before. You know, look at uh, look at Sting. You look at the NWO. Um, just to name a few, and they are going to be in the Hall of Fame this year. So that's really cool. Um, I believe uh, Molly Holly has been announced as the first inductee into the 2021 Hall of Fame. Just those two so far. I actually watched a clip from uh, Corey Graves' Instagram on After the Bell they, and how they announced it. They told Eric Bischoff on the podcast right there, and he was speechless, and he kind of wanted to cry. And like, you know what? Good for him. That's really cool. He, he deserves it. You know, uh, the Hall of Fame class seems to be shaping up pretty well. I mean, I think they're going to be doing a virtual thing um, or maybe it could be in the Thunderdome just pre-taped. I'm not exactly sure, but they're definitely going to be doing the 2020 and the 2021 class, uh, Hall of Fame classes. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a big old clusterfuck <laughs> because um, we can't be having no hillbilly gyms coming in and just talking for out for just fucking forever. So we're let's, we're gonna see what happens there, but uh, good for Molly Holly and and uh, and Eric Bischoff being inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame uh, this year. Another big story that happened uh, as of Monday, and then a few days later it was confirmed. Uh, Andrade had requested his release this past Monday uh, from the company from WWE, and I think. It, a, a day or two later, his request was denied to where he even uh, acknowledged it on Twitter himself saying, yes, the rumors are true. I just want to thank all the uh, support and the messages I've been getting over the past few days. And then I think he said it again in Spanish. I'm not sure. I don't speak Spanish. I'm sorry. Um, that, that's just, that just really pisses me off, man. You know, like Andrade is a really, really great wrestler. Guys like him, Aleister Black, are really great, amazing wrestlers, you know? And to see him kind of like shackled and, and not to be used is, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I saw a thing, apparently Booker T gotten uh, said, you know, a reason why Andrade isn't a bigger star than he, than isn't a bigger star than he is, is because of the whole language barrier thing. And to that, you know... Yeah, you can kind of say that. Like he he doesn't maybe English isn't his isn't his first language, but <laughs> I mean when you when you take away his mouthpiece, Zelina Vega, when you take away that and you split up this potential faction that she had, you know, you had Austin Theory in there for some reason. I mean he's in he's in NXT again now, but uh, and you have Angel Garza. You know, it just Heyman Paul Heyman had really big plans for Andrade and he was really pushing for Andrade 
And the second Heyman is no longer the head of uh, creative on Raw anymore, no longer the head writer on Raw anymore, Andrade gets pushed to the side. You know, Charlotte Flair, his real life fiance, I think they're engaged. I don't know. You know, she pitched for them to work together and for them to do something, and they just denied it. You know, and Charlotte said this herself in an interview on, at one time, at one point a little while ago. And it's just another thing of WWE just holding down a talent just so they don't go anywhere else. You know, so since his uh, release has been denied, he inevitably, inevitably will have to wait until his contract runs out, wait and uh, and then he can go work somewhere else, you know, because the thing that really made me go, oh, damn, with Andrade was when he won the NXT Championship from Drew McIntyre. And, you know, I'm like, all right, he's, you know, okay, he's growing on me, and he's, and he's getting better and better, but then then he's got that match with Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Philadelphia. Like, wow. Like, this is the start of when Johnny Gargano was having, like, the best match on TakeOvers, like a main event of TakeOvers, just TakeOvers in general. He has, Andrade has that match with Johnny Gargano, and he's got a great match with Aleister Black at the New Orleans TakeOver. You know, the guy just is so damn good, and I saw him and Rey Mysterio work a great match at Madison Square Garden for the U.S. title, and the guy is just, he's incredible, you know? But this is, again, this is a thing that WWE does, you know? If Vince doesn't get it, he's going to try and mold it into his own thing, and then when it doesn't work out, or he's just going to be like, you know, it's like, ah, okay, I'm bored with it now. That doesn't make any sense. It, 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 it boggles my mind every time I hear about it, even though I've heard about it for years or for fucking years. How many times, just this year, we saw oh, Vince McMahon's high on somebody. Vince McMahon's high on, on a wrestler. And then three weeks later, they're done, you know? But I don't get why you got to sign all this talent and then just so they don't go to the competition, you know? You are wasting their time. And you, and really, you're wasting your time and money paying these people just so they can sit just so they can sit around and catering and do nothing. That doesn't make any sense to me. You know, if I'm running a wrestling company and I'm going to sign all of these wrestlers, I'm going to do my best to use all of these wrestlers. You know, I'm not just going to let them sit around and then let them get frustrated to the point where they're going to want to leave. And Andrade, I feel can be a big star in the WWE and anywhere he goes, you know? But now the speculation goes around. Where does Andrade go? Where does Andrade go? Where does Andrade go? Does he go? Does he go to AEW? Does he go to New Japan? Does he go to Impact? Does he go to Ring of Honor? Like you know, where AAA? Like he'll. I mean, when he's done, when inevitably when he leaves, he will go back to being La Sombra. And personally, I would love to see him go to New Japan and start a few with Naito, because you know, Andrade as La Sombra, he started. Uh, Los Ingobernables, the original. There was no L.I.J. It was just L.I. Los Ingobernables, and then Naito went back from his excursion in in Mexico to back to Japan. Just formed L.I.J. Los Ingobernables de Japón. So that's what I really want to see. I think Andrade would just really thrive in New Japan. You know, having going against guys like Shingo Takagi, Jay White, Kota Ibushi, Tetsuya Naito, Kazuchika Okada, Kenta, just to name a few. I think. Andrade would really, really shine in New Japan. Um, and I really think they could use a guy like him, you know, like a former WWE guy coming to New Japan. You know, 
I don't think we've seen too many of those besides maybe uh, Kenta and, and Moxley. I mean, we haven't in recent memory because of the pandemic. But I think Andrade would just really, really, he would thrive in New Japan. I just personally think so. And, and the guy is fantastic. The guy is talented. And just shackling a talent because you don't want him going somewhere else to make someone else money doesn't make any fucking sense whatsoever. It just doesn't. Oh, man. The things we deal with as wrestling fans, you know? The things we fucking deal with. But go through a few other things. I'll touch over upon a few things that happened on NXT last night. Now, I will... I will uh, dis, uh, put out a disclaimer that I didn't really get to watch NXT last night, but I did catch a few things. One, I saw that Walter returned, and he chopped the living shit out of Tommaso Ciampa. Now, I don't think it was as bad as the Adam Cole chop that he did a year ago, but it was still pretty bad. The Ring General is back in NXT. And it looks like he's going to be going into a feud with with Champa uh, at Takeover. It hasn't been announced, but that's definitely where it's leading. You know, I think we're probably going to have Timothy Thatcher joining Imperium. You know, he was in the original in the original uh, incarnation of the group before it was. I don't remember what it was called, but he was in the original version of that group with Walter. Um, I just hope some they do something interesting with Champa in the near future because Champa has just been really boring lately and that that's a shame to say because just not that long ago he was having the run of his career as NXT champion you know and even when he came back to NXT and he was a babyface and he was you know feuding with Adam Cole for the NXT championship and the Survivor Series of War Games you know he was still doing really really great stuff and then you know when he came back from uh after the Gargano thing, and he turned heel, and then he turned babyface, and he's just, I don't know what they're doing with him, you know, I just, I, this is a guy who, <laughs> who is one of their best talents, and I just don't know what they're doing, I, I just hope whatever happens after this thing with Walter, it, it goes well, you know, and I'm excited to see it, you know, Champa's a tough son of a bitch, and so is Walter, I mean, Walter had one of my favorite matches of last year, Facing Ila Dragunov at a at a just a regular NXT UK ta- uh, TV taping for the UK title, and if you haven't seen that match, I highly recommend you go watch that. It is brutal as fuck. When I say when I've seen great matches where people are beating the shit out of each other, these guys are literally beating the shit out of each other. Like the the eeriness of the BT Sport Arena, just like where it's silent, just almost makes it better. You know, I, I, I feel like if a crowd was there, they, they, they really might just feel really uncomfortable. But with this match in particular, it was just so brutal. Anyway, that happened last year. Definitely go watch it if you want to go check it out. It was a really, really great match. And uh, apparently we were getting Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor for the NXT Championship. Now, a lot of people say that we should be getting Cross versus Balor. I mean, Cross never lost the title, and I think it would be a really, really good match. Uh, the question is, you know, with uh, Cross's gimmick, so to speak, and the entrance and everything, um, a lot of people really want to see Karrion Cross versus Demon Finn Balor. Um, I feel like TakeOver would be a good time to do it, um, even though Balor himself said he's probably not going to do it for a long time, maybe never again. 
But I feel like for this particular time, you could use it. But if Balor's going to be using the demon, then it's almost a certainty he's going to win. Because there's only one person who's beaten the demon, that's Samoa Joe. Um, plus just the character that Finn Balor is now, he doesn't really necessarily have to tap into that darker place or whatever, you know? But TakeOver, I, from what I can see, is shaping up to be a pretty good card, you know? I don't know what exactly is officially announced, but as of right now, we definitely are getting Finn Balor versus Karrion Kross. Uh, we're for sure probably going to be getting Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly in the near future. At one of those nights to take over. Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa. Um, I believe, uh, I don't remember who, if it was Danny Burch or Oni Larkin. One of them got hurt in the tag match that they had against Cross and Balor. Um, I feel like they're going to be, um, be like, you know, they're probably going to have to drop the tag titles pretty soon. Um, you know, maybe you could do some kind of like, you know, big tag team, little mini tag team tournament and, and crown new champions to take over. Because the NXT tag team titles have not been defended at a takeover since last year in Portland. And that just really makes me sad because the NXT tag titles were once a really, really important thing in NXT. And now it's they're, they're kind of an afterthought. Um, you know, I'd really like to see teams like Brizango and Imperium and, you know, maybe uh, The Way, Gargano and Austin in there. Uh, get them in there. But uh, speaking of which... Um, I believe that we're probably going to get Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae versus Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Now, if we can't have Candice LeRae become NXT Women's Champion, then damn it, make Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. I like those belts. They're really nice, really beautiful. Uh, with the white strap and everything, but they're they're practically the the same as the men's tag team championships, but they're still nice. Um, I'm just wondering what they're gonna do. And if Io Shirai is going to be facing Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship, um, Raquel Gonzalez could very easily take the title off of Io Shirai. I feel like she could take the title off of Io, and EO could potentially get called up after Mania, and that scares me. Um, but I think I think EO's time may be coming to an NXT. Then again, her title reign has been good. I wouldn't say amazing, but but good at the very least. I don't know. Um, but Raquel Gonzalez is just somebody they've been building up for a long time, and to be a believable uh, threat for a championship victory and maybe we thought they were going to win the tag titles but now I mean well Kai and, and Gonzalez are the first ever women's tag team champions in NXT until dropping them to Moon and Shotzi Blackheart Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart but uh, I would say Raquel Gonzalez is probably a pretty safe bet who will take the title off of Io Shirai and it'll probably be a takeover but does Dakota Kai get involved because she couldn't get jealous and she could probably turn on Raquel Gonzalez, maybe turning Raquel Gonzalez babyface. I don't know. I really don't know, but, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? 
Um, I guess we'll go into a little bit of what happened on Raw, and then we will close things off later on a bit with uh, predictions for fa- Fastlane this coming Sunday. Um, first, to cut uh, start things off, that um, you know, it, <laughs> um, I guess for all those people who are really hoping for a really long Miz title reign, uh, not really. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> he just got squashed by Drew this past Monday with the hurt luck. Yeah, I'm glad you all were really like, "Oh, this is gonna be a great time." No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Don't believe it. Like, don't, 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 don't have hope. Don't have faith. Don't, don't believe in things. Come on, just, just don't. Um. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, the New Day beat the Hurt Business for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And a lot of people are kind of pissed off about it. I mean, I myself am not pissed, but it's like, oh, New Day are tag teams again. But um, they set up a match for WrestleMania right after with AJ Styles and Omos against the New Day. And AJ said that there's only one thing I haven't done in WWE, and that is become tag team champions. And this could be a pretty good way to introduce Omos and to give another notch under AJ Styles' belt, because honestly, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind seeing AJ Styles and Omos' Raw Tag Team Champions at Mania, especially because I would love to see you know the exchanges between Kofi Kingston and AJ Styles. We've seen them work against each other before, but it would just be it would just be a lot of fun. You know, AJ and Kofi are really really athletic dudes. Um, the other big thing that happened, I think we need to talk about, is that they just announced Drew versus Bobby. Like you couldn't you couldn't even wait until your pay per view this Sunday is over to announce Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Now we all figured that was going to happen, but you couldn't main like Sheamus versus Drew, the main the the with a stipulation or the winner becomes number one contender for the title. You know, like because Drew's things could have been predictable either way, but at least that one just makes more sense. It 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 devalues. And makes the match between Drew and Sheamus even more predictable. It's like, well, Drew's not losing if he's going to be facing Lashley for the title at WrestleMania. You know, it that doesn't make any sense. I I just I don't know. The raw side of things at Mania is aren't looking too great, in my opinion. They're just not looking the best, and it's it's clear that. WWE really just only care about Bobby Lashley in this whole situation uh, where they don't really care about the Hurt Business and, uh, you know, just taking the tag titles off of Benjamin and, and Alexander. I don't know. Again, even though I'm, I'm I'm cool with AJ and Omos versus New Day, I just kind of wish they would have, you know, done something different. At least they could have gone to Mania as the tag champions. And then this whole weird thing with Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon, you know, they were supposed to have a match, but then they didn't have a match, and then they're supposed to have a match on Fastlane. And honestly, I think they're just they are just gonna put it off and something's gonna happen on Sunday and then the match is gonna happen at Mania. Just just watch it. The match we really, really don't wanna fucking see is gonna happen at WrestleMania. Just just you wait. Just just wait, pal. See? You I mean, you'll come back here and be like, Oh yeah, CJ was right. And I am right, and I hate that I'm probably going to be right about this. Um, We're also getting an intergender match between Alexa Bliss and Randy Orton. Okay, cool. (laughs) I mean, 
I don't know what they're going to do. I feel like this is going to be very, possibly very cinematic. I mean, they haven't really had an intergender match in forever because they're just so against it these days. But I don't know. It could be interesting. But I feel like WWE are just blowing their load a little too much when it comes to this whole this whole uh, Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss, Fiend feud. You know, we're, we're, we got a, we're about a month away from Mania. You really need to try and just build up ahead of steam to make everybody interested in this whole thing. I really hope we don't see the day the 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 new fiend look at this pay per view because like why wouldn't you just save that to WrestleMania? I think that re- that's gonna happen. I hope that's gonna happen at WrestleMania, but then again, I don't know. It's this is WWE I'm talking about. They'll you know they, they announced the, <laughs> the championship match between Lashley and uh, and McIntyre before uh, Fastlane has even happened this Sunday. You know. You never know with WWE these days. You never know what they're going to do, what they're going to think. I mean, Vince McMahon fucking thinks that leg, leg slapping is wrong. It's, it's He doesn't like it all of a sudden. But I think with that being said, I think we're going to go into these predictions coming up this Sunday for Fastlane 2021. Uh, and this is the first pay-per-view that's going to be happening on the Peacock Network. And WWE are going to be ending their thing with the... With the this current format of the WWE Network sometime in April. So I would just, if you want to keep that format, cool. But it's fucking cheap around Peacock. Probably when I'm done with this, I'm just going to go convert all my shit. Anyway, so let's just go with these predictions here. Uh, we have Big E versus Apollo Crews for the Cruiserweight Championship. And you know what? I'm going to go with Big E here. I know Apollo Crews just won. I mean, I, he just kind of got into this new gimmick and everything. But I feel like, you know, save the title change for Mania or something. Um, uh, you know, just do something of that ilk. Just Yeah, I just, you know, I'm going to say a Big E as a safe bet. Um, next, let's go to Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. Uh, Drew, it's, you know, Drew's winning. Drew's winning here, and it's, it's <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler defending the Tagging titles against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. Why is this match happening? Why is this match happening with, with Reginald in the corner of Nia Jax? Shit, like, like Reginald is like bouncing from Carmella to not to Sasha to Shayna and Nia. Like, it's, I don't know. It's Nia and Shayna because Nia and Shayna. Like I, I don't see them putting the tag titles on Belair and Banks this this weekend. I just don't see it. Uh, Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton. Um, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'll I'll say Randy, <laughs> and he hits an RKO on Alexa Bliss. I'll just just say Randy. Yeah, I'm just gonna say Randy. Uh, and the main event is uh, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. Uh, where the winner of the of the match between Edge and Jay Uso on tonight as of tonight's SmackDown of the episode will be the special guest enforcer. Um, I guess I'll do a prediction for that match. Edge and Jey Uso. Uh, I'm going to say Edge wins because it's Edge's first match on SmackDown in God knows how many years. Like, you know, 10 years or something like that. Um, and Edge will be the special enforcer. Uh, and then I think Roman Reigns will retain. But the way they've been building things up, I kind of want to see a triple threat between Brian, Roman, and Edge. You know, I 
I know Edge versus Roman is a big money match, but I kind of want to see Brian involved in all this, you know? I really, really want to see Brian involved in all this because I don't know where he's what he's going to do leading into Mania because I pitched a while ago that I think it should be Brian versus Seth Rollins potentially, but I don't know if they're going to do that. I mean, it looks like they're going to have uh, Cesaro versus Rollins the way things are going, which I'm, I'm all for. You know, I'm all for Cesaro versus Rollins, and you know, potentially Rollins getting a win over Seth. Sorry, Cesaro getting a win potentially over Seth Rollins at Mania. But I feel like Brian kind of needs to be in this because I don't know where they're going to fit him at Mania. I guess we'll have to see and see what happens and everything. But yeah, I last name's this Sunday, and I'm I'm really not looking forward to it, honestly. I'm really, really not looking forward to it. I mean, I'm going to watch and see what happens, but I'm just not looking forward to it, you know? Bit of a short one this week, but thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. You guys know what I'm going to do now. Uh, please be sure to follow us at TNAWP on Twitter, uh, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast on Instagram. Uh, please be sure you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and all those fine podcast features that we are on. Um, please be sure to follow me at, on Twitter at cj 12 uh, CJ underscore 1214 on uh, Instagram. Please be sure to follow me on CJ underscore 1293. Please be sure to be following my band Hollow Heroes at Hollow Heroes Band on Instagram. Last week I played uh, our debut single Alone and very soon we're going to come out with more music. So please be sure to be following us at Hollow Heroes Band on Instagram where you will be excuse me, seeing a lot more music coming up in the near future. And please be sure to be listening to my new podcast with my buddy Vinny, Fan Speculation, where we talk all things Marvel, Star Wars, and everything in between pop culture. And I want to give a big plug and a huge shout out to my friends Bryce and Dylan over at the Making K Fabe podcast. Uh, they gave a little shout out to me on uh, to us over here on the on uh, on Twitter. So I want to give a shout out right back to them. Great guys, great dudes. Um, had Bryce and Dylan on the podcast back in December. Interviewed them and shot the shit about wrestling. Two really cool dudes, uh, very funny guys. Uh, and I had Bryce on this podcast a little while ago, and we talked about Kurt Angle, which definitely go check out their episode this week, where Bryce and Dylan rebook the retirement of Kurt. Angle, and as I checked on Twitter today, he liked their tweet when the episode was being announced. I'm like, that is the coolest fucking thing ever. <laughs> that is the best because Bryce is a big fan of Kurt Angle. Uh, definitely go check those guys out at Making Kayfabe on Twitter, uh, and their podcast just about anywhere you can find it Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. You know, same thing with our podcast here. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. I've been CJ Palmasano. Are you going to watch Fastlane this Sunday? Are you excited for Fastlane this Sunday? I'll put a few polls out before the before the show comes out. What match are you looking forward to most? Where do you think WrestleMania should kind of go? We'll see and have a little fun. Of it. Be interactive on Twitter. It's at TNAWP. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I've been CJ Palmasano, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>